pretty intense worship time. A lot of prophetic sauce. You've heard the phrase, the sauce is boss? More than anything, it applies to Christianity. Christ in you. What is Christ? Amplified Classic. The Anointed One and His Anointing. Christ is the Anointed One and His Anointing. Where is it? In you. Christ in you. Christ in you. So, you should get a check in your spirit anytime someone goes like this and points up. Because that's the sign they're bewitched. Okay? Don't point to he who's in the world. Point to he who's in you. Christ in you. Out of your innermost being flows rivers of power. But of this he spoke of the Holy Spirit. Amen? On the last and greatest day of the feast. What day is it? In the Jewish year, 6019. So you're in the seventh day. You're in the last day of the feast. Whoa. He called the fall a feast? Jesus called man's timeline being restored back to God through the earth a feast? Yeah, because he's only the God of the living, not the dead. So, at any time of the ancient of days, for the last 6,000 years, that you were living and not dead, you were feasting and not fasting, or true fasting and not false fasting, spiritual and not religious. Okay? To be dead in Scripture is to be classified as religious or carnal-minded. So it means to be dead, to war against the Holy Spirit, Romans 8, it is written. You see people warring against the Spirit of glory? You see people warring against the Spirit of grace? They're fighting Mount Zion. Okay? It's a tale of two cities. Salem and Sodom. Wickedness and righteousness. Jesus and Satan. The two trees in the garden. It is written. Genesis 14 and every other verse in the whole Bible. <laughs> it's true. You can just say, well, with that one, you know, it's the whole Word of God. King of kings and Lord of lords you're talking about there. The Lamb on the throne. I want to share this with you. I shared it during worship. This might be the most important revelation we've ever released in the continuous revelatory realm that's been rivers out of my innermost being for 13 years of full-time ministry. Just rivers every day. Just, I mean, we've got 31,000 revelations we've posted on Twitter in the last 13 years. 31,000. And I see people mimicking and voicing my waters that have come through my body that I get rewards for in the entire inner court. And it's awesome because that's what the top of the mountain does. It goes down through the whole garment. Like the high priest Aaron. And the anointing oil is on the top of the mountain. The anointed one his anointing. And everyone in the inner court and the outer court gets eventually. They get it eventually. It's true. That's how the kingdom of heaven works. That's why it's written, the apostles and prophets are the head of the body of Christ because they get it first. Their mind is the most renewed. They know God face to face by the transfiguration of the renewing of their mind, Romans 12, 2. And then they share the word and the whole body eats 
Moses in the mountain. My words have descended like dew on tender mown grass. My words are light rain, he says, in the song of Moses. So you have the apostle whose words rain through all flesh, cuts down wickedness, removes demons, removes devils, removes confusion. Where there is clarity, there is great light, it is written. Moses said that his words were like light rain upon tender mown grass. So it circumcises the hearer's hearts to know God. To know God where? In you. Christ in you. The anointed one and his anointing in you. So the full reverse of the curse is he's no no longer in the world, you know. (laughs) He's now... In you. That's what he died for on the cross to get in you. And he's in you. And then you got all these Christians being like, Give glory to God. Well, you heard the Pharisees say that 2,000 years ago. That's what they told Jesus. And he's like, I am the glory of God. The Father and I are one. And it's like, Hello, New Covenant. Old Covenant is like religion. New Covenant is sons of God. I mean, that's what the whole thing's about. Don't you know the word Israel means prince with God or son of God? To be a prince of God is to be a son of God. If you don't know who you are, then you don't have authority. You don't have power because you're bewitched. You're confused and you've been under false teachers your whole Christian lives and you you think you're just a mud man. Identity with the flesh instead of identity with the spirit. And so Satan has stolen your confidence or stolen your birthright so that he still has dominion over you because you practice religion. False humility is saying, give glory to God. You know, don't, but whoa, whoa, whoa. Give glory to God. I agree with that. Give glory to God. The issue is, where does your mind think God is? Galatians 3.1 says you're bewitched and you give glory to he who's in the world. When you're not bewitched, you give glory to Christ in you. John 17, Father, share with them the glory that I had with you before the world was. So you're telling me Jesus Christ in his high priestly prayer in John 17 was to give man the glory so that the glory could build up their spirit and renew their mind to be in heaven where there is no hell. But religion blocks you from receiving the glory. But Jesus said in John 17, give them the glory. So you're fighting Jesus when you're aligned with the religious spirit that says, oh, Give God the glory, and they're always pointing up to he who's in the world. You know, you see it. I look at, like, the basketball players, you know, and they're Christians, and they're, like, full of sin, and they're sinning all the time, and they're openly perverted, but they're, but they're Christians still, you know. And they're, like, they're always pointing up after they make a good basket, you know, like, glory to God, man. But they're, like, total hypocrites. Why? Because you can't be holy until you give glory to Christ in you. You have no ability to walk perfectly because you're in an old covenant understanding serving Jesus. You want to serve Jesus, but you're serving the fallen angels. When you're bewitched, no matter how much you try in your brain, you're going to serve Satan and his angels. And you could be fasting, you could be praying, you could be doing the whole New Testament, but if you don't realize the glory, Colossians 1.27, by default, you'll serve Satan and his angels. That's why you see Satan's nature in like 99% of Christians. You test the Christians with the glory and the accuser of the brethren comes out of nearly every single one. I mean, find someone that the accuser doesn't come out of and that's someone who's 
been circumcised of heart and knows Christ internally, who is a new covenant temple of the Holy Spirit Christian. It's like a needle in the haystack in 2019. I mean, it's like finding a unicorn. They don't exist. And we need to make them existent by, you know, getting all the death and the dead and the dead, which are demons and the government of the moon and the government of the sun, off of them. And that leads right into this revelation. I was sitting in the hot tub today after my workout and he was talking to me about star nations and moon nations. Every flag in the world has stars on it or moons on it, with just a couple exceptions. And I know you got some with crosses on it too, but this is a principle for every nation that's in Babylon the Great. How do you come out of her, my people? How do you come out of the star nations and moon nations? Now in Genesis it says, I will give the sun to be the government by day, to govern by day, and the moon to be the government by night, to govern by night. Okay? That's the result of the curse of the fall, to have the sun and the moon as your government. And you have stars or suns on all of your flags, all of your nations, and moons on all of your flags and all of your nations. So you have the government of the sun and the government of the moon. Sorcery. Straight up sorcery. That's the only thing a human being is capable of submitted to the curse. And what's the curse? The flesh. When you're submitted to the flesh, submitted to the curse, the only capabilities are the sun and the moon. That's it. And it's written in the Bible clearly for your understanding. And so God was saying to me now, all the governments of all the nations of stars and moons, which is the sheeps and the goats and whatever, you know, it's like, it's all cursed. It's all Satan and his angels, which is the government of the stars, and the demons, which is the government of the moons. <laughs> you got, and the demons are the sons of the fallen angels. Okay, so... They work together to ensnare the nations in sins. All the religious sins of pride and all the rebellious sins of lust. And that's how all humanity is bound into the earth and lorded over by sorcerers, which are your rich, and the devils, which are star governments. And that's exactly what's wrong with the world. That's Babylon the Great. I mean, perfectly described to you. So Babylon the Great is going away because the government of the Father and the government of the Lamb is coming forth in the manifestation of the sons of God right now. And they shall no longer need the sun or the moon, for God and His Lamb will be their light. There's the verse, Revelation. So you're totally reversing the government of the stars and the government of the moons by the government of God and His Lamb. Scripture which is a complete and total reverse of the curse coming forth right now the seventh day since Adam. Amen? And I'm so blessed to be able to prophesy it to you right now. What an honor. No one's ever said anything like this before ever in Christianity. This is just fresh off the press, the freshest bread you could ever eat. And it's so exciting because it's going to work. It's going to work. This is the reverse of the curse and the removal of the government of the stars and the government of the moons because it's a different nation, so it's a, it's a moon government, and it's a different nation, it's a different star nation. You know, we have 50 stars in our U.S. flag, and, you know, it's cool. You know, but the understanding is, how about we have the government of the bright and morning star? You know, people want to worship the flag in this Trump movement, and I love Trump, he's anointed, but he's very outer court, barely inner court. 
as a Christian. He's like a baby infant in Christ, and he needs the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't speak in tongues yet. So we're getting there. We've got a long ways to go. And it's like t taking a bunch of babies that have a lot of real-world experience that have the potential possibility of becoming sons if they keep yielding to Christ in their innermost being and keep their personality flooded so they don't submit to star and moon governments which is Satan and his angels. And the star and moon governments will come and they'll tempt you with all this knowledge. They'll tempt you with all this money, all this fame, all this garbage, all this worldliness. And you've got to pass those tests. Why? Because we serve God and the Lamb. I want to be a part of the kingdom, right? The kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of hell. It's only two kingdoms. You're either going to be a part of the kingdom of hell, which is stars and moons, or you're going to be a part of the kingdom of heaven, which is God and his Lamb. I mean, those are the two trees in the garden spoken to you at a sonship level of revelation today from the holy place of the throne room. <laughs> by the grace of the Lord Jesus, I got here. And by the grace of the Lord Jesus, I can communicate to the, this to you clearly because this is some powerful stuff that will change the world. So excited for it. Hallelujah. I am so refreshed. <laughs> this is why we've had to go through what we're going through. You have to understand this. Out of your innermost being, rivers of the reverses of the curses, rivers of the healing of the ancient ruins of your bloodlines, of 6,000 years of stuff in our hearts, of junk since Adam. You want to overcome death, you're going to have to have all the roots of all the garbage in your hearts burnt crispy by the seven spirits of God flowing out of your innermost being and glorifying your personality. Why glorifying? Because only the seven blazing torches of the Lion of the tribe of Judah open the seven seals. You're sealed in the curse under the star and the moon, but Jesus Christ, the Lion of Judah, has opened the seven seals so that you're not stuck with your brain in the natural dimension cursed, but now you're alive, active, and energized by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Grace, working internally and shooting up fresh fire, fresh anointing into your brain so that all the scales and every lie that you've been taught and brainwashed by the sorcerers of the nations to keep you down, to keep you the slaves of the Bilderberg group, can just be burnt off your brains. Amen. That's exactly what it is. Slaves of the billionaire class, the one percenters, the sorcerers, who just cling to power and riches, could care less about you. They'd sacrifice all of you in a, in a, in a war for a billion dollars. I mean, all of your families, just, you know, another draft like Vietnam and just kill a generation. They don't care about you. They care about money and power. And that's what's ruled the nations. That's the government of stars and the government of moons. Now it's time for the government of God and the government of his lamb. And see, the thing about the government of stars and moons is they fight each other. Principality fights principality over different nations. Germans fighting Russians, you know, and in North Korea fighting South Korea. And it's like, whoa, you're like the same bloodlines. You know, you're like, you're like fourth cousins, you know, and you got a Berlin Wall or you got some kind of wall separating you. And it's like you're closely blood DNA related. Oh, because you get a different fallen angel over a different territory. Amen? <laughs> you got a different principality and a system of a star government and moon government over nations and over cities, and so they're divided and they cannot stand. A kingdom divided or a nation divided cannot stand. That's how Satan and his angels rule and reign over the nations. So the sons of God bring forth the unity of the brethren 
in the army of the Lord are the unity of the faith on the top of the mountain where there is no divisions. There has never been a division in the holy place. You can't be divided against your neighbor. There's no envy and strife in the throne zone. Because if you have any little envy and sin and strife against your neighbor, your brother or your sister of any nation, tribe, and tongue, then you leave the holy place because you sinned against your neighbor and you go into the inner court, which is you slide down the mountain because you came into agreement with the accuser. You just get washed in the water of the word, repent, forgive yourself for being an idiot, forgive your neighbor for being an idiot, and you go back into the holy place and you get washed because it's all about grace and staying in love. What's the royal law of King James? James chapter 2, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the only law of the kingdom of heaven. At any time do you not agape them, unconditionally sacrifice yourself for them by the rivers flowing out of your innermost being and personality, then you begin to slide down the mountain. And if you slide all the way off the mountain into the sand, you lose your salvation. So you want to stay on the mountain, yes, the Bible says clearly several times you lose your salvation. If anyone turns back, they're not worthy of me. Jesus Christ, red letters. And it would be better off if they'd never known the Lord than have known the Lord and, you know, sinned or whatever. Book of Hebrews. It's all over the Bible. It's just people are so religious in their brain, they come up with doctrines and theologies to justify their sin. You know? Casual commitment is cloaked rebellion. You know, they want to look good in the eyes of others and there's no fear of God to God who sees the hearts. You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which means you have to treasure what your Father, the Holy Spirit, sees in your heart more than what man sees in your flesh. Amen. That's why I took a five-year Nazarite vow. God's like, you're too pretty. You know, they're going to see the flesh. You know, you look real ugly. Come like a homeless man. It's true. I had to deal with tremendous vanity, overcome all kinds of stuff. I sold $10,000 of my coat tour, Dolce & Gabbana uh, clothes that I had from college when I was serving tables, making $275 a night, working five days a week, you know, serving three years in college and had a full-ride scholarship. I had tons of money, and I blew it on clothes and dumb crap. And, you know, I was not very wise back then, but speaking in tongues and, you know, there's good, bad, and ugly during my my apostolic training the last 20 years, but God said, sell all your clothes. I took bags of couture fashion, Dolce & Gabbana. I mean, I had all designer clothes. I mean, $10,000 in clothes. And I took it into, not the pawn shop, but the second-hand store. And they said it was the largest payout in the history of their store that they gave me. And that was awesome because, you know, I'd started out in missions, and I was broke. So, I mean, I had all that cash, and I'm like, I'm going to the coffee shop, and I'm going to celebrate, and I'm getting a pastry, you know? That was my big celebration that day at Hard Times Cafe, 18 months, Cedar Riverside. You know, they call it Little Mogadishu, crime out of control. I remember when I was locked up in Teen Challenge, they, the guy that was in the room with me, my roommate, said, the most satanic place you could ever go in Minneapolis is Hard Times Cafe. Not to be confused with Hard Rock Cafe. Totally different. Hard Times Cafe is a satanic coffee shop full of cultists. It's run by gangs. And you find heroin needles and dead people in there every day. I mean, it is I mean, the sickest environment you could ever imagine. And that's where I started out as a missionary. Eight hours a day I was there for 18 months. Made tremendous friends. I mean, I saw people die. I saw all kinds of 
terrible, horrible things there. You know, one time I was there and they were telling me they were playing dominoes or cards and I'd be ministering to everybody. I'd, what I'd do is I'd spend eight hours in prayer and in the Word and then every night, eight hours out there ministering at Hard Times Cafe. I did it for 18 months. That's how Red Letter Ministry started in 2006 to 2007. That's the foundation of our ministry. And I remember I was in there playing dominoes or something, and they said, you know, they just found a, a corpse right above you? And this person was a heroin addict, and they'd overdosed on heroin right above our heads. And and they'd been sitting there for weeks, and they had four cats, and the cats didn't get fed. So the cats literally ate every drop of flesh off their body, and they felt, found a skeleton up there. I said, that's one of the craziest things ever. So we, I'd be there every night, and the cats above my head would be eating the flesh for two weeks off this decomposing heroin addict that had overdosed. And that's... That's the start of our ministry. That's why we've been so extreme. I grew up in the absolute worst filth and decadence in ministry that exists in the United States of America. That was in 2006 and 2007. And then it even got a little worse when God moved us into North Minneapolis, which was the highest crime rate north of Southside Chicago in the Midwest. This is why we're called Murderapolis in 1996 when Clinton was president, it had the highest murder rate right here in Hawthorne neighborhood, where, where I'm at. And this was the main crack house, crack house ran by Pookie Duke, an OG crip from Southside Chicago. So the cocaine that came from the cartels and came from the gangs would come right through this house. I mean, countless murders, countless. They had a decapitation in our basement. We found a wig hanging out and there's blood in the basement and bullet holes over the over the the door sills and shotgun blasts in the ceiling and the creepiest thing out of all of it you guys was there was locks on the inside of the closets for the children so they didn't get raped or kidnapped or sold into slavery all of, and they were low down cuz it was a crack house i mean a real old school crack house that when things got real bad the kids could run to the closets and lock themselves in. Every closet in the house had a lock inside. Woo! Oh my gosh. And so this neighborhood's dramatically transformed since then. It was that bad. There was crack dealers on every single corner when we moved into this house. Within 24 hours of moving in, we have not seen a crack dealer on any of these corners right in this area where they used to be. Not once. It's been 11 years. We moved in in 2009, was it? Spring of 2009. Yep, I'm positive. It was spring of... Because we had just gotten married. Yes. Spring of 2009. And our 10-year wedding anniversary is March 31st. So it was uh, March, April. April of 2009, we moved in the crack house. And it was so crazy. You know, we're seeing all the signs and wonders, and I'm coming with angel armies right into the thick of hell. And... And I was like, Lord, you know, there was a doubt in my heart because, you know, this is crazy stuff. This is life and death. There's, I mean, they're getting posts every day that a new rapist moved into your neighborhood because they move into the ghetto and they got, you know, neighborhood watch thing. And it's, you have to send out a notification. And I mean, I don't even know how many of those notifications I got. And I got my wife here and she's young and, and beautiful and she's from the country and not a city slicker. So it's like, you know, even, even worse, you know. 
and they'll be hooting and hollering and verbally abusing her, verbally abusing her. We had four different people come up and try to take the lawnmower away from her when she mowed the front lawn one time. Remember that? No. Remember all the men approaching you that wanted to help you mow the lawn when you're mowing? Yes. Okay, now you remember. <laughs> Yeah. So I think we still honestly need a lot of healing from it, don't you? Because it's still kind of raw in our memory. I'm not worried. No. <laughs> yeah, we do. We've been through hell, you guys. Penny didn't have diabetes when I met her. She didn't. It manifests at the Florida outpouring. And so it's going to come out. It's going to come out. Satan has tried to kill us, you guys. Several drive-by shootings. They blew up my car. They blew up my front porch. Uh, the demons in here in this area have been extremely angry at us for a long time, but it's shifted. Now it's sweetness and favor. I mean, this last year it shifted. You know, we get rid of the overt crack dealing and the, the real open, terrible, horrible sins. And this is how you disciple cities and nations. So this is normal sonship activity, and this is why we broadcast this, because this is what we've been going through as inner city missions for 13 years. You know, and... The church, the inner court, has really not understood Red Letter Ministries and they persecuted us tremendously because not very many Christians pay the price to actually go into the underworld of America and transform it through the root system of the hearts like we've done in true apostolic ministry for 13 years. And so it really exposes how complacent American Christianity has been. It's been pretty sick. It's been pretty sick. So instead of helping us, most people just heap abuse upon us. Like, we, we are not willing to go down there and get dirty with you, so we're just going to condemn you. It's so much easier just to hate on people than to love on people. And that's been 99.99% of Christians' reactions towards us in the USA. And it's, and it's gradually changing. We see the favor of God healing hearts. So instead of just verbal abuse all the time from everyone, it's actually like, whoa, maybe there's something here. Oh, the healing of the nations we misunderstood. Yeah called the healing of the nations and it comes from your innermost being through your heart and so we're bringing springs by faith of the seven spirits of God through all the hearts of all things that can drink the river of life on earth that's how it works your heart drinks now you have the roots of all evil or you have the roots of David those are the only two options that your heart can drink from the roots of all evil the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the roots of David, the tree of life, okay? The root systems of the two kingdoms in the garden, heaven and hell. And that's exactly how it is. And so the roots of David are in the lowest place because Jesus was raised from the dead from the belly of the earth, okay? So that's why the apostolic is the servant of all with the Father's perfect love, demonstrated with the ox of God. You know, we want to say lion, 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 but honestly, most of the work is ox work. Head down, horns out, threshing hearts, and just taking it. And you're a 2,000-pound ox, and people love all the sins in their heart and don't want to change. They love all the religion in their heart. You know, they were taught under Gamaliel and spent $200,000. They're not about to give up their doctrine and divinity. So you just thresh, 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 thresh until it's totally burnt out, burnt crispy, and the ox just brushes off. It's like, I work in the mud. You know, that's my nature. God is the ox of God. You see the Apostle Moses coming down from the mountain with horn-like appearance, it is written. That's because he had to thresh the hearts of an adulterous nation. They had just been, 
rising up to play, the Bible says, mass orgy. So you're dealing with an, an incredibly immoral bride of Christ that needs to be without spot and wrinkle, and how are you going to transform them from the roots up, from the belly of the earth? Amen? The Son of Man will spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth? No, in the belly of the earth. What's the belly of the, of the earth? Eve's womb. Amen? It's called the curse of the fall. Eve's womb. That's where hell is. Now, Eve's not in there. Satan and his angels are in there. Okay? Eve's saved by grace. Adam's saved by grace. They're in heaven. They're not in hell. Anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord for 6,000 years was saved, old covenant and new, and before there was an old covenant. How did they walk? How did Enoch walk with God? How did Methuselah walk with God? How did Adam and Eve walk with God? How did Seth walk with God? How did Noah walk with God? By faith. Faith. They didn't have Bibles. They just had the Spirit. You know? Woo. Enoch walked so close with God that God took him. Before there was a Bible, we need a Bible because we've had so many word curses spoken over us. Back then, it was like, you know, you had 5,000 people on the whole planet. Up until the days of Noah, they say it was about a billion people. But when there's only 100 million people in the world, like there was in the days of King David or in those ancient times, you know, maybe 10 million people on the whole planet, you know? There's a lot less word curses. Now, you got almost 8 billion people, and everyone's got a voice. Everyone's got an internet. Everyone's got a media platform. Everyone's got a television channel. You know, any crook can pay money. Any devil and warlock can get on a television channel and preach a false gospel just by buying airtime. And so, most people are filled with Mount Sinai's words. This is the main deal of what we're dealing with in the reverse of the curse of by the Mount Zion removing Mount Sinai. So Mount Sinai is all the sorcery of the world, world that comes down through your brains into your hearts and binds you as slaves to Satan and his angels and the rich. The rich are also called sorcerers. It's true. The super, super rich. I'm not talking about millionaires. I'm talking about billionaires. I'm talking about Bilderberg Group and royal families. I'm talking about people that own the central banks, and God bless them. You know, we just wash them. I'm talking about the rulers of the world. <laughs> but you're called to eat the inheritance of Jacob. The central banks are called to work for you as you get mammon out of your heart and mind, then you walk upon the high places of the earth. Jesus called it walking on streets of gold. Is that for when you die? No, that's for heaven on earth. If it's in the book, it's for this time. Otherwise, you wouldn't have it in this dimension, in this natural world. The, the fact that you have it in the natural world means it's for this natural dimension to be changed into that supernatural dimension. Otherwise, it would not be in the Bible. But because the streets of gold are in the Bible, you know God wants you to walk on the high places of the earth or walk on streets of gold, tread upon the high places, and eat the inheritance of Jacob. Amen. Otherwise, you're going to have wicked Illuminati families ruling over you forever. And we just can't have that. Amen. Oh, yeah. Illuminati. What is it? The tree of knowledge, the, the sorcerers, and their little cliques and secret societies and all the stuff that they do behind the scenes. The, we call it now in America, the draining of the swamp. The deep state, that's exactly what it is. You know, we're warring against the Illuminati, the Illuminati families, and we have been for years. Really, it, it turned up the heat. 
at Azusa Street. We started warring tremendously by the power of the Holy Ghost against the Illuminati families at Azusa Street. And this is the fighting of the holy people of God against the people of Satan and his angels. Okay, two trees in the garden. You got the wicked with all the wealth and power of the nations, and now the righteous inherit the earth through water, the water of the word. Okay, so this war really turned up against Satan and his angels, against the holy Christians at Azusa Street. I believe completely that is why World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq, all of these things manifested out of the wicked's hearts. I believe it. Because you are burning. When the Holy Spirit comes, it reveals what's in the hearts. I believe the Holy Spirit burned all of the evil out of those European nations' hearts. And the Illuminati families getting desperate, manifesting, causing wars, fighting each other. I mean, I believe that's why the last hundred years and 110 years has been so insane. I believe it's the Great Tribulation. You know, wars and rumors of wars. I mean, you haven't had wars like World War I, World War II, ever! Ever! I mean, we're talking about Holocaust. We're talking about death and hell and manifestations of Satan and his angels, the government of the stars and the government of the moons on an unprecedented level in the last hundred years because all the wickedness in the bloodlines, in the roots of the nations, boiled to the surface by the reintroduction of the Holy Spirit to Christianity at Azusa Street. And, you know, Satan trying to shut down revival, shut down the voice of the river, shut down the prophetic, shut down the apostolic. We've had the prophetic for 40 years now. 40 years. It's established since the 80s, since the Vineyard Movement, since Bob Jones, Kansas City Prophets. The prophetic is established. And I know the outer court doesn't accept it, but who cares? They'll drink it anyway. The inner court has accepted completely the prophetic. What we have not accepted yet is the true apostolic. Apostolic is the springs and rivers from below. Prophetic is the rains from above. Elijah, the prophet, brought rains. He prayed and it didn't pray. He prayed again and it rained. Moses brought that rock and they all drank from the rock that is Christ. And the earth opened up and swallowed them. He brought from below Moses. Elijah brought from above the prophetic and the apostolic. We have had the rains, and we're cool with the prophetic, and we're cool with the rains, and we love the latter rains, and we're all into the prophetic, and everyone in the charismatic church prophesies. It's true. You got millions of people prophesying. What we are still very, very cringeworthy towards, because we're utterly clueless, is the true apostolic. That's why we've seen so much persecution. Because the apostolic is so altogether different than the prophetic, people have called it the devil. And that's what comes forth now. It's not just the sons of God. Sons of God is mature apostolic ministry. Okay, the apostle Paul is an apostle, but he teaches you in the scriptures sonship. Okay, special messenger conveying the message of sonship, the apostle Paul. Read his epistles. I mean, that's what he's trying to do. Produce really mature manhood. Ephesians chapter 4. Really mature manhood. You're born again. You've entered the kingdom like little children. And now you grow up into really mature manhood. Manhood for women? Yes. Because you have a man, Jesus Christ, in your belly. And you're birthing the divine child. It's always a boy. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, the King of the Jews, the Messiah of Israel. Come on. 
You got to get it. You'll get over your flesh and you'll come out of submission to Satan and his angels and his demons and start submitting to God and the Lamb and you'll get totally set free from Babylon the Great. This is the message of how you get free from all the world and all of its systems, all of its confusions, and you live sealed in the kingdom. And we'll break it down in the days to come and it'll get easier and easier and the whole body of Christ will understand what I'm talking about today. Because it's the truth from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.